was there. I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> this week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from CleanFunLife.com. And I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Dead Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And uh, it's been it's been a couple weeks, and it'll be a couple more. We're actually going to be off next week. I forgot to tell Todd, but I'll tell you all at the same time. I'll be in Florida next week at a funeral Florida. convention. So I will definitely... <laughs> have stories mm. the week after that you don't want to miss. Mm. Um, we got a bunch of stuff talking this week. We're going to be talking mostly about influencers and social media and that kind of thing. Uh, but before we get too deep into that, um, each like we, we each week, we like to celebrate one of our sponsors, uh, sponsors or local businesses that we like. And in this week, it is me, Tony Russo. Um, who you can find at uh, a bagel manifesto.com or by Tony Russo, um, dot substack.com. And I don't know if we talked about this. Did we talk about my paid subscription plan yet, Todd? Uh, I think that was in the works, maybe. Well, two, then three, we didn't two. talk about it. I want to thank, in case you're also listening to this, I want to thank all of my new subscribers. Um, so one day. I got a message from Substack that said X has signed up for, I did tell you the story. X yeah, has signed yeah. up for your paid subscription plan. And I said, well, that's interesting because I don't have a paid subscription plan. And Substack said, well, you do now. So turn it on. And so I turned it on and then I got a, I got a bunch of subscriptions. So now I have people who subscribe to my bagel manifesto and pay to read it, which I can't tell you how awesome it is. Can't tell you how yeah. awesome it is. I can't tell you how out of bed it gets me in the morning. And so for the last three weeks, I've made sure to write them a personal, you know, what I've been doing with your money every, every Sunday, because I feel like they're, uh, I mean, they're, they're paying to support what I do, but what I do on Substack, but I'm also doing, you know, I've got these books that I'm writing. So I give them an update on the books that I'm writing and what I've done and how all of that is going. So um, if you're interested in paying or not in paying, please follow me on Substack. And more than that, and this is kind of how we're going to bring it into the show, Substack this week launched Notes. And it is a wonderful, wonderful application. And I can't see, I mean, you can imagine how it goes bad, but you, but I'd be surprised it's, it's if just it did. It's just been bad so long that it's hard to remember when it was good and exciting I mean, social media in general. Well, this is the thing. The difference between Substack and social media, and I'm not even going to say traditional so social media, because Substack isn't really a social media thing. It's a platform for publishing. So I write mm -hmm. essays. Um some people write news. Everybody, everybody that's on their writing is a professional writer. Substack makes money by subscription. So like the people who are kind enough to subscribe to me, Substack takes, I don't know, 10 or 15%. And that's how they keep their lights on. And nobody begrudges them that money. The thing is, you can't get ahead on Substack at all. 
You cannot game the algorithm. Mm. And there's no such thing as influencers because it doesn't reward interaction. Substack doesn't have an algorithm that rewards clicks. Substack doesn't reward likes. It's the people that are on there talking about the things that interest them. And you can talk about them or you cannot talk about them. And, you know, if you get too trolly, you can get kicked off by the owner of the Substack. You can't get kicked off of Substack, but I can say I don't want you talking on my channel anymore because you don't behave yourself. Right. And you could also start your own Substack about and call it Tony Russo is an asshole. And there's no, you know, nothing I can do about that. And then you can have your own conversations about what a jerk I am. But it's so far, and it's only been two days, but it is very, very like early Twitter. It's very like early Twitter. People just putting up either stories that they think are interesting or observations that they think are interesting. Even I've even seen a couple of memes, which I can totally do without, but there are two tabs. There's the everything tab and Mm -hmm. the everything tab is much like Facebook used to be. And also like Twitter used to be, it's just the last thing that got posted by the last person that posted it. Right. And that is, that's really splendid to see because you can just discover all sorts of interesting people and interesting, um, interesting Substack projects that you wouldn't have found otherwise. And then the other tab is subscriptions. And those are posts by the authors to whom you subscribe. So I subscribe to about six or seven different Substacks. So I see those authors when they post their notes, I can go and just see those Mm -hmm. and can respond to them. And I had a sane conversation today on Substack about the, I'm sorry, I had a sane conversation on the internet today with strangers. Let's just... Take a minute. Take a minute to realize how how rare that is in this day and age. And how enjoyable it was. And it wasn't a long conversation. I said one thing. They said one thing. Moving right. Someone else said one thing. Moving right along. But the conversation was about this this influencer thing. And we've talked about this so much before. uh, But there was a there's a writer who uh, a famous writer who they were quoting. And I don't remember who the famous writer was. But saying that, uh, I'm sorry, when I say famous, I mean successful. I don't mean you don't know who this person. It wasn't like Stephen <laughs> King or well, anybody. Then. It was, okay. it was uh, you know, like a, a New Yorker columnist kind mm-hmm. of favorite. Just, just, just like a quality writer who put out a book and said, you know, and wrote this little story about how long it took them to recover from the social media pitch that it took to get their book published because you want to have a book published all right well you need ten thousand followers on twitter you need sixty thousand followers on instagram and these are the things that um traditional publishers kind of require of you you know and Mm -hmm. they they want to know that you have an audience built in and they don't want to do any work they just want to look at your twitter see how many followers you have and then say yes we'll publish your book or no you won't publish your book and so many insist that all of and insist that all of your followers uh pre-order your book (laughs) well at least at least so that they can justify to their bosses well he had sixty thousand followers he should have been able to sell 12 books or whatever um but as as we're jumping off many of us writers are jumping off that treadmill and we're saying like you know what we're using all this creative energy on the off chance that someone happens to see 
what we post on Twitter and then happens to want to buy our book. And we had just this nice conversation about how much better it's been because I've been off Twitter for probably two months now, I think, or three months and how much more creative energy I've put into making shit for people to read instead of trying to get people's attention. And that is where Substack notes is going to be hopefully crazy successful. It's not a place you cannot get attention on there by anything other than quality writing and interesting responses. There's no yeah. third way. That's uh, right. Naked pictures, that's I'm crazy. sure. Those are the three. Yeah. <laughs> it's still the internet. Uh, after all. It is still the internet. But that is exciting. And I think that is, uh, in this, if I understand it correctly, has kind of come, uh, kind of come up because of a little feud with uh, Twitter being, having their uh, nose tweaked by people posting links out to Substack. So Substack has been building and growing, you know, nice and steady. And people are going on Twitter, journalists or authors and that sort of thing. And they're, and they're posting links to their Substack. And they're like, uh, we don't want to have anybody going outside Twitter. Right. So we're, we're going to stop. We're going to shadow ban that, you know, all in the name of quote unquote free speech. And, and then, and then the Substack guys were essentially you know, like, all right, we're just going to build our own from the ground up with all of the things that made it that made it great is what I understand. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very much like that. So the thing the thing with Twitter was that like if you the reason people were posting their sub stacks on Twitter were the very reasons I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you like what I write and you follow me on Twitter, there's still a better than average chance that you won't see when I put out anything new. Right. Mm. I don't have a not only don't I have a blue check, but I'm not paying. And they came out and they said, if you don't pay for a blue check, we're going to hide your stuff, even from the people who want to see you. Same Mm. thing on Facebook. On Facebook, I can. The fact that Facebook doesn't show me pictures of my grandchildren as soon as I turn it on is an indication (laughs) that they don't that they don't know what's going on. You know, I'm not I'm not there to see, you know, one quick trick for keeping your teeth nice and bright or whatever. Right. I'm there to see my grandkids right. and yeah. they keep like grandkids from me because then I have to look. And if I have to look, I spend more time on the site and that's valuable to advertisers. Yeah. That's yeah. one business model. But what the reason writers and I've been among them posting, please follow me on Substack, is because that way, when I put my, when I put my story up on Substack, you get an email and you can look at the email and decide, yes, I want to click on this or I don't want right. it. I'm interested or I'm not, but at least you have a choice. And with Twitter, you no longer have a choice about what you get to see. Even if you very specifically follow very specific people, you know, once you get over a hundred people that you're following, yeah. it's still really hard to make sure that you're seeing everything because if they're not paying, Twitter's hiding them from you. Um, and so once Twitter came out with notes, that's when. Like my, I can still post my Substack when I post it on Thursday. It's called Andy Harris is a boob, and we'll probably talk about it before the end of the show. Um, but when I post my Substack on Thursday, it'll go out on Twitter and it'll be seen on Twitter. But I don't think I can share my notes to Twitter. I think right. that's that's kind of the. Uh, but I don't I don't care because I don't want people from Twitter on my notes. 
I want people right. from Substack on my notes because people from Substack are there for reading and for conversation. There's no advantage to mm-hmm. going. There's no. It's not possible to go viral, and there's no advantage to it. It's and just, it's still it's set set up as a business to make money, so there's stability there, and you know makes it a viable platform that absolutely. doesn't need all of it. Doesn't need you as a product, right? My my subscribers pay me to write for them. And as part of my hope to get more subscribers, I try to write good stuff and then share it on notes. And maybe someone else will see it on notes, really just like Twitter used to be. Like, remember yeah. when you could put a, put a story up on Twitter and people could see it and say, oh, this is a great story and share it? Like, that used yeah. to happen to me a lot in the beginning. That's what yeah. got me addicted to Twitter. And then yeah. they turned on the algorithm and said, nah, we're going to decide who gets to see what. And ever since then, my readership plummeted. So I have a genuine hope that my readership might start to climb now that uh, now that there's this, you know, I mean, my writing could still be shitty. People could still hate my writing, but at least it gets a fair shake, which is something right. that I wasn't getting before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Substack notes, like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> well, and, and also if you're listening. And make your, and make your own. If you're listening to this, we are on Substack. We are daydrinkingondelmarva.substack.com. Um, and you can go. We have our chat function enabled. You can go and you can chat with us. And now um, I'll share this on on notes and say this is a podcast that I do. And then maybe people will listen and maybe they won't. And maybe they'll think it's garbage and maybe they'll think it's fun. But at least mm-hmm. they'll see it and have and be able to decide one way or the other. Uh, but you were on the other side of the influencer coin. Yes, um, this week, and that was what that's what that was how influencers came up. Well, and and you know, I, I there there's something to influencers, uh, but um, you know, I keep saying that there are there are people who have influence, and then there are people who are influencers, and uh, you know, a lot of it does center around the amount of reach that you have, and because if you have a lot of followers, you most, most talk about Instagram at the moment. But, um, you know, like you're going to you're going to be elevated if you have more uh, Instagram followers or if you have a network of uh, people that you, uh, you know, can can send stuff out to. I think we were actually uh, very fortunate because we know the folks over at Hoop Tea, which I'm drinking today, uh, you know, Hoop Tea. Started by Danny uh, in Ocean City and, uh, you know, went through the years, uh, perfected the formula, trying to get out there. Very happy for him. Got bought up by InBev. So is, you know, now one of the the big corporate uh, giants and has the money to be able to do things and like send little care packages out to what are influencers. And the fun thing is, is that we got one of these little care packages, which has some cool stuff. In it. You know, it's like sweatshirts and things for summer, but it's uh, Sarah, who is Danny's, <clears throat> Danny's gal, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, was, was the one who took a look, look at a list of influencers in this area that, uh, you know, the corporate guys put together and we're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to send it to Todd and Natalie and one of our other friends, Low, up in uh, Rehoboth, because that is a smaller group of people or, you know, she knows the reach that we have where it's not a massive reach or, or anything like that. 
but I don't know. It, it's kind of fun. And this is like the first example of how you might get a little bit hooked to having product sent to you as, as an influencer. Like that's kind of the point when you, when you're, you know, just shilling stuff, uh, whatever they send to you, that's, that's, that's one thing, but when your friends are reaching the point where they're able to send you packages. I think that's, I think it's way cooler. Uh, we always talk about authenticity uh, on, you know, for our business that what Natalie and I do and, and for its importance in social media and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, we had an experience up at Nixt. Uh, we're working with a social media manager that's local up there who organized a model shoot. So these are models uh, that are there with a couple different outfits to uh, not like airplanes and <laughs> antique cars or anything like Not that. little cars or no these these are people, human uh, people. they're there for, for human people for, for the for a food and drink shoot and um we're gonna do a happy hour thing we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and it's just it it was an interesting experience it was a, ultimately a successful experience in that we have a number of pictures that we'll be able to use uh for a duration of time you know my biggest hiccup is that you don't have to you don't have to do that. It was fun. It was interesting. It was different for us. But you can also, if you're, uh, if, if you have a business like, like a, a restaurant where you have regular clients, you know, you can just ask people, like real people, if they uh, want to want to be part of the social media. You know, like we're well past, I think, the the world in which like people used to often scoff at, like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to be on. I don't want to be on the TikToks. Right. You know, I think uh, people understand. And then if they don't want to, they can just say no. And then you move on to somebody else. But like getting a table of actual people who actually eat at your restaurant is really not too hard. And, you know, you you just have to be friendly. You have to be confident. You have to have the skill to know, be able to, you know, get the shot you're looking for without uh, taking up too much of their time. Mm-hmm. And get it as soon as the crabs hit the table. So, uh, you know, and, and get, get it done so that they can still eat them while they're piping hot and, and that sort of thing. And that was just kind of the, the realization of maybe a skill set that I have, that we have that kind of take for granted. And, and that's just being able to approach real people and, uh, and, and then ask them to uh, participate. Well, and the, one of the, one other advantage is even if those people go out and say something vicious, vile, or racist, no one's going to know. Like you're not, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. You're not tying your fortune to their, to their behavior and their behavior is a paid paper. They will say what they're paid to say and also sure. what they think. And yeah. A lot of them aren't known for being great thinkers. You know, influencers tend to be people who are, (laughs) let's face it, trading on their looks or on the outrageous things that they're willing to do. Yes. And when you're, you know, if you have, if you have a business and you tie yourself to this person, then you, then you're tied to them one way or another. Like you already gave them the money. So even if you're like, oh, we're separated from them, they already have your money. And they already pissed off some of your customers. Right. Um, and so yeah. that that's something that people should really take into consideration. It, like it's 
it's interesting. Like we have, uh, so in, in the, in the writing world, there's like a book talk thing, um, or bookstagram. And so I could pay someone to read my book and to say something nice about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone would buy my book, you know, but more likely than not, they're going to buy my book one way or the other. Maybe this is, this is a way they heard about it, but I don't know how much more effective it is than regular old advertising. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and there there is uh, sense in spreading things out and trying different things, and uh, you know, hitting a, a, a couple of the the different avenues to be able to you know execute whatever strategy you, you have. But it's you know, authenticity at the end of the day is I, I think what what most people like to trade in. Um. I'm going to take a kind of a hard turn here, but not a super hard turn. I was in Berlin this week. Um, I had a book signing at the, at the Greyhound and uh, I haven't, I've been ambivalent about whether I'm going to tell the story, but I think I'm going to tell it. Um, I'll be back in Berlin for, uh, I don't know, brew time, snoo time or something. The the May, May 5th year and May day, play day, May day, play day. Maybe. I don't, and, and it's beer related because they want me to come and hawk my beer book. And I, uh, one of, one of the first things I wrote on notes is I've got like a, I don't remember if I wrote it or if I chickened out and deleted it. Cause I want to write something longer, but I'm like the Michael Corleone in Godfather three. Um, in my, when it comes to my relationship with beer at this point, like, you know, every time I think they're out, they pull me back in. Right. But also, right. Craft beer is now at the Godfather three aspect of the craft beer yeah, revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's a, that's appropriate. Um, I went to Annapolis and visited. My cousin was down, um, and so I went to Annapolis to to hang out with him. And you know, it's always like, well, let Tony choose the beer. And Tony looked at the list, and the first thing that Tony noticed on the list was that he didn't know a lot of the names on the. List. Yeah. The second thing that Tony noticed is that if he didn't know the names, that meant they were at least newish. And then the yeah. third thing that Tony noticed was that given that they're newish, they're almost certainly garbage. Maybe they're not. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And, and I didn't write down the the brewery because I didn't want to slam anybody. And I knew if I knew the name, I wouldn't be able to shut up about it. But <laughs> the first beer I had was from a Maryland brewery. It was from Western Shore Brewery. And it was a, uh, it was a brown ale. Okay. And my comment on the brown ale was, the worst part about the craft beer movement today is you can't tell if it's sour by accident or on purpose. Because <laughs> if you screw up a beer, it tastes sour. And if you make right. a sour beer right, it also tastes sour. Yeah. And it's just. The the reason it's so cartoony that and that's what you know that's kind of where we are in craft beer now is just this absolute cartoon of you know there's only IPAs and sours and like what kind of you know what kind of vile misogynist name can we give this barely drinkable thing to get frat boys to order it at nine dollars a pint right right and it's embarrassing it's just it just it was going that way when I'm like, when I stopped writing about it and it hasn't, 
certainly hasn't ceased. And uh, no. And so, but yeah, no, if you want to buy a beer book, I will sell you a beer book. I have a case of them. So, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to do another beer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write a little something for beer with strangers. That probably sounds a lot like what I just said now. And yeah. put it out there on the beer with strangers Substack, which I closed down when I closed down the beer with strangers um, podcast. But you know, the, the readers are still there. So. I'm going to yeah. reach out to them. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say, the story that I was ambivalent about telling, but I'm going to tell is one of the reasons I think um, that they're having me back so soon is because my quote time unquote uh, got usurped by former mayor G Williams. Oh, and I knew, I knew G was going to be there. And so, People are just dumb and awful, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't even blame G, but I'm going to make fun of him, and I'm going to make fun of his buddy. So G. Williams wrote this book, and I'll, I won't put the book in quotes because I haven't read it, but it's something that a lot of people do. They're like, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to use that book so that I can give a speaking tour and then sell the book at the end of the speaking tour. It's like... You know, right. a snake that ate itself. And people yeah. people do very well. Don't mistake yourself. People yeah. do very well this way. And people who get very successful this way, they become influencers this way. It's just not my cup of tea. I want right. to write something good that people want to read. I don't want to write something with a provocative title that people want to hear me talk about and then buy it afterwards. But that's what people do. It's it's right. it's, it's a business book. I've never said anything nice about professional businessmen. There's no need to start now. You know, if right. you're selling a how-to book to business people, then they deserve to lose whatever money they spend on your pointless book about shit that everyone kind of knows off the top of their head. <laughs> um, and so, you know, G. Williams. That's going to be the name of my book, by the way. <laughs> shit that just comes off the top of my head. Shit yeah. you probably know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so anyway, so G. Williams got uh, a visitor um, and they just started talking about like planning and zoning. And they just sat there like I had gotten up. Stephanie was there and I got up and I was talking to Stephanie. And then this guy just sat in my chair and then they talked about how to lay out a new plan for Milford or something. It was like not only were they big <laughs> and in the way, but they were boring as fuck. It was like. <laughs> And so my publisher, who's also G. Williams' publisher, he came yeah. up to me and he's like, he kind of gave me a side. I'm like, I don't worry about it. My tax accountant will be here in a little bit. And then we get to the table next. We're going to talk about my taxes. Um, <laughs> see if we can entice people to, to buy some books. You know, after, after land use chat, we'll have yeah. tax chat. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a boring book signing, but I didn't know it was going to be a planning and zoning meeting. Right, right, right. <laughs> what would make this worse? So let's make it planning and zoning. And <laughs> what I wanted to tell G, and I didn't have the courage, and so it's cowardly now to say it out loud, but he's not going to listen to this. And if I see him next time, I'll tell him. But I just didn't want to, you know how you, I don't know if you, you're, you're a nice and normal person. But I have this thing where, like, I can remain silent or I can lose my mind, but I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't just be like, There's no hey. in between. Right. I can't be like, hey, that sucked. 
I have to be like, you piece of shit, I hope you die, or keep my mouth shut. And so yeah. I was in keep my mouth shut mode. But what I wanted to say was if you are in a bookstore and you're an author and you manage to piss off both your publisher and the bookstore owner, you're yeah. doing it wrong. And yeah. actually, my my publisher and his publisher went over and, and chased them away like they were uh, like like the foul pigeons they were. Um, and he's like, this is a, this is an advertised book signing. This isn't a, a council meeting. You know, he was, he yeah, was pretty yeah. aggressive and I'm like, good for you because I would have, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it yeah. with any tact. Um, so shout out to Ron and, uh, gee, welcome to the author business. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't count on, uh, getting any recommendations from, you know, bookstore right. owners, because if you're going to have people come in and have zoning meetings in the middle of your signing. Uh, and it was like half an hour. It wasn't like it wasn't Ugh. like he just stopped by and they said some boring stuff. It was one of those like you're looking around. You're like, is this every minute? You're like, hey, it's got to be over now. Well, they yeah. can't still be talking about this. It's rude. No one's really that rude. No one's really that <laughs> ignorant. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the mayor yeah. of the, the former mayor of Berlin and the probably current mayor of Milford or wherever the fuck he was from. They are that rude. Uh, well, I guess I, I guess. uh when you hold the gavel for so long, you, you lose how to read the room. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. You think everybody's there to pay attention to you. One last bit of Berlin slash Delmar gossip. I don't know. I don't follow the news, um, but I wrote something mean about it a couple of weeks ago. And I just, we, we missed the podcast that week. Uh, Jeff Fleetwood. Did you know he got arrested? I d- I, Do you know who I, he I, is? I, I'm not sure. I know who Jeff Fleetwood is. Jeff Fleetwood. Oh, is he the, uh, he was the the guy, yeah, yeah. The town manager of, of Berlin. Right. And we hired, uh, they were really, really mad. We were overpaying a black woman here in Del Mar to be our our um, town administrator. So these three um, stupid rednecks ran to become mayor and council. The first thing they did was drive this competent black woman out of the job. The yeah. second thing they did was hire Jeff Fleetwood. The third thing they did was wonder whether they would keep him on or not, given that he was going to jail for six months. And I don't know if he has six months vacation or what the story right. is there. But yeah, so he's now, he could very well be this very minute, the the uh, the town administrator of Del Mar. We would rather have a white criminal than a black, black competent woman. person. Mm-hmm. And that is Del Mar. Um, and if you want more and- of that... Check out the Substack <laughs> entitled is- Andy Harris is a boob out now on uh, on on uh, the bagelmanifesto.com. And this is why Tony drinks because he has to live here. I have to live here. I have to drink. There's no way around it. And it's Mets season now and nobody needs that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'm sorry. So I will be away next week. But okay. if you follow me on notes, maybe I'll put pictures from Florida on notes. I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. But I do know that I'm very excited about it. And I would like you to join me. And you can join Todd, who I think will be joining us also. Yep. And and that's all I got for this episode. How about you? Mm, I got nothing. All right. Well, until next time, remember, at the beach. It's happy hour whenever you say it is.